Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Spin the Script, the podcast that focuses on deconstructing the script that society has written for us. I am your host, Enrique, and welcome back. Thank you so much to all the people that have been... um, that have been sharing my podcast, all the people that have been um, kind of talking about it, that have been listening. I very much appreciate it. Um, You know, I'm starting this from nothing uh, just because I want to have conversations with people and I want to have moments where we kind of talk about issues that maybe a lot of people don't want to talk about. Um, So without further ado, I part of this podcast is that I want you guys to hear my takes on issues and I want you guys to hear like my takes on whatever the case may be, my opinions and all this stuff. But I also want to hear from y'all. I want to have guests come in and, you know, be interviewed and like, what is something that you, you know, have issue with or what is something that you are kind of dealing with or that you want to spin the script on and kind of get other people's takes on this. So when I was thinking about it, I, I have so many people that I already know I want to have on just to kind of have those conversations. But for my first guest, for the first person that is entering the studio, which is my living room, for the first person that is entering this, I decided who better, you know, than my husband, my hubby, my all these things. We're still working on pet names, uh, <laughs> but welcome to the studio. Welcome to Spin the Script, Ben. Thank you, Enrique. <laughs> so kind <laughs> to bring me on as your first guest. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. We're definitely still working on pet names after seven years. <laughs> yeah, we, we, there's been so many different pet names that have entered the entered the competition i guess if you want to call it that uh honey bun has been a decent one (laughs) i call him bug like bug bug is the one that's stuck yeah i don't know what it is about bug maybe it's because i like bugs microscopic bugs (laughs) do you do do you like bugs i didn't know that i like microscopic bugs i only called you bug because we got into a parenthood like wormhole and then one of the characters called their kid Bug. And I was like, that's oh, cute. Mm. I was like, Bug. Short I'm like, hey, Bug. <laughs> <laughs> so we're still working on pet names. Baby is never one that I ever, ever want to be called or to call. I just, it's no. not, it's too... Ugh. It's too mainstream. Too mainstream. We're all about deconstructing what's mainstream. So don't ever call me baby. <laughs> spin the script on calling people baby. <laughs> yeah, let's spin the script on people being called baby. I'm not into it. Um, but I'll say it ironically, like a joke, like, hey, baby, and like to be obnoxious. <laughs> Usually if he's done something wrong. <laughs> wow. Hey, baby. Is, uh, <laughs> he's not wrong in that front. He's not wrong in that front. I'm like, what did you do? <laughs> right. Um, no, but uh, but yeah, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. You. Are you excited? I am so excited. I'm happy to see this podcast get off the ground. Yeah, let's hope to... Uh, I've been banishing him to the bedroom while I record. I'm like, I need to record my podcast. Go to the other room. <laughs> Don't want any random noises in the background. <laughs> I can't. You know, I can't. I'm really particular about We're that. professional. So Ben and I have been together for... What was it? Like seven? We're almost seven. Seven years. Year. Yeah, I've been together for seven years. I talked about our wedding in, our la- in the last episode. Um, so I'm very excited that you're my first guest uh, on the podcast. Um, so real quick, we um, just witnessed um, the Super Bowl 
right? We yes, just we saw did. the Super Bowl performance. So just to like keep it relevant, like what were your thoughts on the weekend's performance? No one really cares about who actually won the game. Let's be honest. We care about like <laughs> who's the performance. So what are your thoughts on them? I mean, I don't really remember it too much. And that's not because I was drinking too much. I was just not that impressed. Mm. It was kind of, as you Blase. say, milk duds. <laughs> milk duds? Yeah, was straight milk duds. Straight milk duds, straight blase. And he, I, I heard you listening to it earlier, and I was like, he really didn't sound that good either. No. I mean, okay. Credit to The weekend, Amazing vocals. Not talking crap about that. It's just he, did, he didn't do anything. He just, like, sang. And I will say something about the audio. There's something about the audio that he, did, he either didn't have the mic close enough to him or whatever the case may be. I'm like, okay, he's like... You know what I mean? Like a race car. Like, it's like you heard like half of the chorus of blinding lights. And then the next thing you know, it's like, wait, what is he singing still? Because I don't hear anything. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think my overall impression was uh, not as good as last year. Oh my God. We cannot, (laughs) we cannot do, we cannot do a comparison, right? Because last year's, and I posted about this on the Instagram, last year's performance was, uh, amazing epic iconic let's like that lady gaga it's like she's iconic it's like everything <laughs> what did yeah. you think about last year no, i loved last year it was basically a concert with a football game around it <laughs> yeah if you we, we love j-lo we love some shakira so having them together it was a beautiful moment and j balvin and bad bunny and like the latinx representation i am here for it i I, oh my god like i started crying you remember yes it was it was emotional because we haven't really seen that before we've never seen that before where the entire stage at the super bowl performance was solely latinx representation and i didn't I didn't know that that's what I needed. And I said this in my post, but I'm going to say it here. I didn't know that that's what I needed. But yes, like I needed that. I needed that moment of like, oh my God, Latinx representation, like on the biggest stage. And I just, the only emotion I could feel was like tears. Like I brought tears to my eyes. I didn't even think, I didn't even think I was going to, I just was hyped for (laughs) JLo. But then when I was thinking about it, I was like, oh my God, like this is like my culture right now being on the most watched stage mm-hmm. in America. Like this is my culture. Like I grow I grew up, you know, with this music and people are being introduced to it probably for a majority of them for the first time. Oh, 100%. And actually having Spanish songs <laughs> being sung on stage. Yeah. And it's like even if you don't speak Spanish, you can still really feel the vibe and the the energy that comes from these artists and it was just a beautiful moment. Yeah. And so for me, it's like you can you can claim, you know, print. I mean, I'm, there's been a lot of great performances. But for me personally, for me selfishly, last year's performance will not be like will always be the best just because for me growing up without seeing a lot of Latinx representation, I was so happy about that. Do you think they would ever put Bad Bunny and J Balvin together? No. For a Super Bowl? No, a thousand percent no. Maybe I mean I don't I don't want to say a thousand percent no. Maybe eventually. But but yeah. But this is my podcast. Why are you asking me questions? <laughs> We're spin, conversation. Spin the script back on <laughs> don't try to control my podcast. Um but 
I will. I say that. I say not this last part, but I say before that to say, I think the weekend in my brain was doomed to fail. I'm like, it's not going to be good. Like it's not. Mm-hmm. It's it's not going to be good just because nothing's going to compare to last year's. Yeah, personally. unless they did it again, but better, <laughs> which would be very hard to do. Um, but yeah, other than that, nothing else has really been going on, right, in the media this week that we can talk about. Mm, not really. Not too much. It's been Just a quiet. Biden and President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris doing their thing, doing a lot of stuff, doing <laughs> a lot of things. So that being said, that's a good segue into you're a natural, natural podcaster. That's a good segue into what I, why I wanted to bring you on. One, first, I wanted people to hear uh, about you um, and hear your voice and get your takes on things. But second, there's something that's going on around the world, globally, COVID-19, the Rona, as I like to call her. Um, (laughs) Miss Rona, yes. (laughs) And for a lot of people that don't know, like I get asked all the time, like, what does your husband do? He's an infection preventionist. What does that entail? I honestly like make, (laughs) honestly, if I'm being honest, I make stuff up sometimes. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like he's like, (sighs) he works in a hospital and just like, you know, I don't know. Like he's there. He walks around with a clipboard. <laughs> yes, um, I do have a favorite clipboard. So that being said, uh, I think it's I think it's a very honestly I've never heard of it before, and most people never heard of it before. So I'm I apologize for the people that I've described this role to. Like, what does Ben do? Like, he's an infection preventionist. What does that mean? It's like, like I don't know. Uh, so I want I want you to describe like infection preventionist. What like what's your role? What do you what do you do? Oh, that's a loaded question. Just kidding. <laughs> what don't I do? Um, so my my quick elevator pitch for what infection preventionists are are professionals from various backgrounds, like nursing. I personally come from the microbiology lab. So what does that mean? The micro lab? Yeah. Like, what's the difference? Like, micro versus oh, coming from? Uh, nursing is frontline. So everyone knows what a nurse is. Who a nurse is, I should say. Um, micro... Uh, we're we're the lab techs in the back doing cultures and telling you what you got growing in your skin infection. Um, but we can also see public health professionals, respiratory therapists, all all. Med- I think I've seen medical assistants, all kinds of different backgrounds. I didn't I actually didn't know that. I thought it was just nurses and people that were in the lab. No, it, that it primarily is nursing. Mm-hmm. Um, but slowly but surely, we're starting to see a bigger diverse backgrounds of professions come into the field, which is good because mm-hmm. you want that interprofessional diversity when you're working on a team, particularly in infection prevention. So what requirements do you need to have? Like a bachelor's? Generally, it's just a bachelor's, um, a certification in whatever your OG profession is and then licensure if you are required to be licensed in whatever state you're working in. Mm. Um, Unless you're coming from public health, then you need a master's degree in public health. And that's really all you need if you're coming from that background. Wow. Okay. So what do you do? So (laughs) (laughs) what do I do? What does my husband do? How long do do we have? (laughs) Great. Bare bones. Um, So infection preventionists are experts at identifying sources of infection and then preventing their transmission. Um, that can be in a hospital setting, which is where I'm at, acute care. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you could see it in long-term care, nursing homes, public health domain, all kinds of different avenues and venues, <laughs> I could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that entails a lot of things, but a lot of it, what it is, is taking our experience and our eye for identifying these sources of infection and helping create policies and procedures for those who are actually doing the job on the front line to follow, to help prevent infections and patients and mm-hmm. healthcare workers in general. So who do you primarily have contact with? Is it patients? Uh, so I primarily work with other healthcare professionals in the hospital. Um, that's not to say I don't go and see patients. Depending on how big your hospital is, you might actually go talk to patients. You might act as a nurse, too, depending on your role. Um, but I mostly work with professionals on work groups and on the front line, trying to do education, mm-hmm. trying to come up with new and innovative ideas for processes that kind of help streamline, but also improve patient safety. Nice. So, and we don't need receipts. I'm just wondering, <laughs> have you ever, has it like, how do other individuals, the, the people that you work with, like view your role? Like, are you like someone that's like respected? Are you like that one, are you like the hall monitor in elementary school that's running around telling people <laughs> what they're doing wrong? Like, what's the vibe? Like, do you feel like people like, I, I've obviously... Ben has worked at various hospitals and various, he's seen it all. And so I'm just wondering what, uh, do you get pushback? Like, what's the vibe? Uh, It's a mixed bag. It kind of depends on the situation and the approach that you take when you identify a gap. Typically, when we're giving feedback, it's usually because we identify something that should not have occurred. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're um, calling people out on their mistakes. <laughs> yeah, I tell Ben, here's the thing. I tell Ben all the time. I'm like, I would hate you. Like, if you were, like, like if you were, like, coming in, like, this is your job, okay, but you were doing X, Y, and Z wrong, I'd be like, you can leave. Like, there's the door. <laughs> so I love and respect, and I'm, I, and I'm glad that he's in this role because, you know what? We got to be honest with ourselves. We're not perfect, right? We love to cut the corner a little bit. We love to like, like, how can I do it like at 50% but still get the job done? Wink, wink. So I get it. I get that mentality. But Ben, stop, stop, stop. This is wrong. <laughs> and it's like, oh God, like, don't call us out. Like, we know, but like, why are you like being the tattletale? <laughs> and that's often a misconception with what our role is because i mean we can all be honest here most people don't like being told when they're doing something wrong oh no i want you to tell me i want i want ben to come to my you know to my job and be like you're amazing at every you're doing everything 100 (laughs) percent correct good on you wow my god like that's i need that to like get through my mondays you know what i mean like you're (laughs) it's, it's monday right we're all tired we're all just like, oh, why are we here? Um, but sometimes, and you don't need that on a Monday, but sometimes you need to be told you're doing a great job. But I do respect Ben for being like, you're doing this wrong. It's like, oh, I know, but you're not supposed to say anything. <laughs> but I get it. I love it. I, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think it's, a, it's about relationship building when you're, you're doing this job. There's obviously a level of accountability you have to hold people at, but you pick your battles. 
And do you really try to actually build relationships so that down the line, you're not really getting the immediate pushback feel that most people want to give when they're being told that they did something wrong. I feel like you just described our marriage. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, it's all about building relationships, (laughs) picking your battles. I'm like, "Mm, that makes sense. I was like, okay. I'm like, wait. What works for this person? What works for this person? I'm like, are you still talking about your job, or are you just like, is this a marriage podcast? Like, I don't understand. Anywho, counseling therapy, you know? Yeah. Are you just like again taking control of my podcast and trying to redirect? Like, are we now in therapy? Like, I'm confused. Is someone going to zoom me in? Um. So that's what Ben does. And I think that's a really great description of what you do. Because a lot of people just have no, have never even heard of it. I mean, I hadn't even heard of it (laughs) before I got into the role. He wanted it. He wanted it. Yeah. What happened was I actually just found the department page. (laughs) Yeah. And then (laughs) went to the meetings. And then then two People were like, who is this guy? (laughs) Wait, who is this? (laughs) Yeah. He would go to their their meetings. I mean, you were invited to come. It was so funny. (laughs) When I first found out, you were, like, invited to come, and Ben was like, I'm going to the, the IP meeting. And I'm like, oh, like, okay. Like, that's not your department. <laughs> like, the people, it's, it'd be like if you were, you know, if you were someone from the street just coming in, like, I'm sitting in. It's like, what? Okay. I'm, I'm just sitting in. I just want this experience. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what experience to sit and listen to our BS? Like, I don't know. Um <laughs> But that's, but yeah, but that's what he does. And so that being said, I want to get your takes. So I want you to bring yourself back mindset, right? U.S. mindset back in March, back in March. What did you see either in the hospital, in society, in Hollywood? Like, what were you seeing that people were doing right? And I'm saying March because that's when like COVID really hit America. And for me, this is what I saw. I saw people on TikTok like like rummaging Target and stealing all the toilet paper. I saw Dr. Fauci being like, we're, we're, we're done. And then, you know, that's what I saw. So I'm like, oh, my God, are we done? Like, am I like, is this the is this it? Is this the end? You were like, wash your hands. And like people are like making out like in spring break and like what's happening? So you infection preventionist mindset. What did we do right? What was wrong? <laughs> What did we do right and what did we do wrong? Well, I would say, I mean, back in March, I mean, when everything was hitting the fan, <laughs> it was it was a difficult time to be in the hospital. And particularly in this role when you're expected to be an expert. And it's hard to be an expert on something that hasn't happened before. Right. So that that was kind of, I was on call 24-7 answering you really in the were middle of the night and under, i mean understandably i mean people were scared people were worried especially once we started actually seeing an influx of patients in the hospital setting and it's hard to get people to buy into something that they've never heard of before right but now we're telling them that this is this is what you should be doing right and that's the thing that i noticed that through this entire process is science is a process we're, we we don't know the right answer at any given moment, especially if we don't have the experience or the data to back it up. So that's why it evolves over time. And I think that's so interesting because I feel like we've just adapted 
as humans because of technology, the advance of technology. We want, we want quick results. We want that's what's where's the solution now? Like we need it now. And I can confidently say that because I'm the exact same way. I was like, okay, like March hit, and I was like, okay, so where's the vaccine? <laughs> like I needed it like next day. Where's the I drug? was like, okay, that makes sense. All right, with pandemic virus. Okay, so when when's the vaccine coming out? Like in a month, right? <laughs> it's already in the works, right? <laughs> they that's what that's what the article said. They were like, it's in the works. I'm like, okay, good. So I'm gonna get it next week, I think. And here I am. Anywho, continue. Yeah, I mean, I will say as far as the vaccine is concerned, it's been. It's a triumph of You're science. You're like jumping questions. That was going to be my next question to talk about the vaccine. Oh. Well, we oh, can, we can we, go back. I love that. <laughs> I love this natural segue. <laughs> Into vaccines. <laughs> Into vaccines. Yeah. So, like, obviously, right now, we've got we've got some vaccines in the works. And, you know, people are like, don't do it. <laughs> like, what's your take, infection preventionist? My take is, well, <laughs> everyone's situation is different. Right. But... In my opinion, if you can safely and healthily get the vaccine, you should really be getting the vaccine. Now, if you're somebody who's had a severe allergic reaction to it in the past, maybe the best move isn't. That's what herd immunity is for, is to protect those who can't get vaccinated or should not ideally get a natural immunity to it by having the actual infection. Um, but if if you're able to get it, in my opinion, we should re- really be focusing on the public health of this. Obviously, there's symptoms that are being reported that are very flu-like, headache, fever, nausea, muscle aches, everything. And I can attest to, <laughs> I had some very bad symptoms when I got the vaccine. I know, I was going to talk about that, but, that, but yeah, but this is your journey. But <laughs> but I still got it. And I still I still I still got the vaccine. I got both doses. Um And you got like they were they were like, it's gonna be even worse the second dose. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they told me and I was like, I'm still gonna do it because this is important. This is this is the solution. One of the major aspects of the solution for helping get us back to whatever normal is gonna look like once we are able to get rid of this vaccine. I mean, this virus. Oh my God, you're such a natural segue. That was going to be my next question. Can you stop <laughs> being so great at just a natural being podcaster? A <laughs> yeah, like calm down. I had a list of questions. Ben already ran through all of them. Like, great. <laughs> um, no, and I think that's such a. I think that's such a great thing for people to hear. And you know, you are somebody that works in, you know, the hospital that works in healthcare that you're like, this is like, this is my opinion. Science is working, right? We're seeing that. And I, I'm not saying that to say I will never like judge someone for not getting it, but you know, we're being told that science is working. Like this is science and this is what works. So like, I urge you if you can, like Ben and I were like, if you can get it, you know, um, but that that being said, I think every individual is entitled to their own choice. Yeah, I mean, of course, uh, everyone has the choice to get a vaccine or not. Right. Um, and that's always been true, um, except mm-hmm. certain situations, <laughs> like right. 
like with influenza, certain hospitals actually require that you get the flu vaccine, or they used to. Um, I heard that, that you're required to get the flu vaccine. Yeah, unless you have a health reason or a religious reason. Um, But that's not everywhere. But, I mean, it's important to maintain everyone's choice in this matter. But I think it's it's one of those things where I wouldn't judge somebody for not getting it if you have true, real concerns that are valid. Um, And even if they're not valid, in my opinion, maybe in your opinion they are. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I will continue to suggest that we try to come together as a population both in the United States and around the world so we can try and beat this thing because it's right. not, it's not gonna, it's every, everyone has to play a role. Right. Exactly. Everyone has to play a role. Everyone has to do their part. So that being said, um, do you think we'll ever get back to normal? Like in your professional opinion, do you think, and I'm thinking normal, I'm thinking no masks, elbow to elbow in a club, Elbow to elbow at a Bad Bunny concert, right? <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm legit listing the things that Ben and I used to do before this happened. It's like, where was I? Oh, yeah, I was in Europe. Like, no mask, <laughs> on a plane, like, w- rocking around, like, ah, like, living my life. Um, do you think we will ever get back to that? Like, 100% that? 100%? I mean, I think it's going to be a while, until people are even comfortable being in that type of environment and not thinking about the germs they might get, even if COVID isn't necessarily a thing, people are realizing that people... Humans are disgusting. Humans are disgusting. People cough yeah. and sneeze into their hands and wipe their noses and can I tell you all this stuff. Can I tell you, Ben has been telling me, like, wash your hands, like, <laughs> years, years before COVID was even a thing. And then, and I'm like, oh my God, yeah, wash my hands. Why aren't I washing my hands? <laughs> I've like, been telling you for so long. And I'm like, oh my God, you're right. I need to wash my hands. But it's true. Like, wash your hands. When you're sick, wear a mask. Because guess stay what? Stay home. <laughs> or stay home. Because guess what? Even though, if you, like, sneezing in a mask, yes, it's disgusting. I don't want my own germs, like, now smeared over my mouth. But guess what? Guess where those that that saliva didn't go to the table, to the you know the handle, to my hands. This Someone and this. I'm like, oh, that, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> wow. I'm like, wow. Huh. What a concept. That makes sense. So, do you think masks are going to be here? I think masks will be here for a while. I don't think they're going to stay mandated as they are in certain counties and cities etc when you're outside but i think i mean it's it's even become a fashion trend at this point i don't see that masks in general are gonna go away anytime soon i mean because, yeah people yeah pe- peeps be getting but like like diamond masks like I'm louis like, vuitton like i want that like what <laughs> where, what can i like can you breathe? i don't think it's actually gonna protect you from anything <laughs> because there's a lot of holes and areas where the saliva can go but i'm down yeah, so I think masks are here to stay for a, a, a minute. Whether or not they're necessary is a different question. Right. But I think pe- it's going to take some time for people to get comfortable with what normal used to look like. Mm. Yeah. People will eventually forget. Hopefully we don't get another one 
like I this. Think, I think we soon. all, I think we all took a time to just really think about what is valuable to us. And I think I am, and you, you guys should know this now. I am very much a person that's like everything happens for a reason. I very much am tried. I try so hard to be an optimistic. I can tell when something's bad and, and I will tell when something's good. And I always try to spin the bad into something good for me. And so for me, it's like, okay, everything happens for a reason. This pandemic happened for a reason. You know, unfortunately, we lost so many people. But I think it what matters is our relationships with individuals. And what matters is that we are here for one another. And that we also value our mental health. I think that's 100% something that needs to be normalized more so than it was before because I always felt like I needed to be at 100 but it's okay to be at 70 if the other 30 is for your mental health you know and so for me I have been I'm very much a person of that and like value your mental health yeah I, I agree with that and I think it's even more apparent how important mental health is particularly when you're looking at our frontline nurses and er staff and covid unit staff and nursing home staff who are they've this generation of healthcare workers has not seen this level of just honestly this level of mortality on a day-to-day today-to-day basis particularly in our icus and that that's hard <laughs> I can't. I, I can't imagine. Do it. Are you kidding me? I'm watching Vampire Diaries and a character dies, and I'm like sobbing. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. And that's our normal people. Yeah, <laughs> normal people, just like, normal everyday lives. But having a nurse go from one crashing patient to the next, I and to the have, next oh to god, the next, you're gonna make me cry. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I it, but it's a, a real that's reality, issue. Though. And, that's reality. So. Yeah, we need to from spin the script. We want to say thank you. Honestly, thank you to all the hospital workers. Thank you to everyone that has been braving this. It, I couldn't do it. I know a lot of Americans couldn't do it. So thank you for doing that for us. Yes, yes, thank you very much. Any well, you're one of them. You're <laughs> one of them. So thank you. Well, I appreciate that. Okay, relax. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Any last thoughts on COVID before we get into our next segment? I think we all just need to kind of take a step back, kind of look at what the situation was and try and learn from it. Patience with other people, willingness to learn and listen to what everyone else is saying, particularly our our healthcare workers and our scientists and public health officials it's it's uh, what i would really like to spin at least this issue away from is how political it's gotten and we really just need to take a step back and understand that this is not a political issue this is a public health issue so let's all keep that in mind as yes we continue come to through <laughs> work through this pandemic and get vaccinated and all that fun science stuff doesn't have a political party let's just emphasize that it's a pandemic it doesn't matter what what red blue doesn't matter like okay that's a oh yes i'm so glad you said that (laughs) i was thinking about throwing that in there but i'm so glad you said that all right 
So let's get into our next segment. And I want to get Ben's take on some hot takes. So let's get into hot takes. All right. So now we're going to get into some hot takes. Are you ready, Ben? So ready. You ready to give your take on stuff? (laughs) My hot take. (laughs) (laughs) So this one actually comes, it's actually very similar to our, uh, what we were talking about at the beginning of the, uh, the beginning of the episode. Um, Immigration, specifically like Mexican immigration, like stuff that's going on with immigration policy, you know, J-Lo, you know, kids in cages, all those things. Like what are your, what are your hot takes on that? Oh, my hot take on immigration. Um, I'm so <laughs> a few years ago when our lovely president was elected previously. You know who. You know who. I call him you know who. It was it was very hard because, I mean, obviously, as a white man, I don't have a lot of personal experience with the topic of immigration. I mean, I grew up in a very conservative household, so I knew what the conservative view was on right. immigration. That's kind of what we walked into with that presidency and kind of took it over the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm happy to see now that we're finally getting some representation, especially from the Mexican mm-hmm. point of view and even just Latinx, um, seeing J-Lo and Shakira and J Balvin and bad bunny actually be put on one of the largest stages in the world Mm -hmm. and get a president in now who i know is going to actually try and fix some of these issues can i ask you a question um what did you think some type of way about immigration like in your upbringing or or it just it wasn't a thing that you thought about it really wasn't something that I thought about. Mm, I mean, okay. I, I I was not really politically minded growing up. Uh-huh. Like that was kind of dinner table talk at like my, my grandparents' house. And it, I mean, it was very conservative discussions. But it wasn't something that you even thought about really. No, not. I mean, it, it didn't really affect my day to day. So it wasn't, I wasn't, I just wasn't thinking about it. Yeah. And it wasn't, I wasn't. They didn't talk to me about it. And even in school, it wasn't something that we really even discussed. Which is, it's not interesting to me because it, oh no, it's interesting to me. It's not surprising to me just because I know a lot of people like that. But for me, you know, that was my entire life. Like my entire life has been thinking about like, you know, people immigrating to this country, people moving to this country, especially Mexico. Like my father was... You know, he came to this country and he, I remember I was in fourth grade. I'll never forget this. I was in fourth grade and I remember studying the history of the U.S. along with him because he was getting his, he was Mm -hmm. preparing to take the test to get his citizenship. And at the time I didn't think about it. I was like, okay, like we're both trying to get, we're both like learning. But in hindsight, it's like, oh my God, like I'm just so proud of my father and I'm not going to get. (laughs) <laughs> too deep into that because <laughs> I will start crying. That's its own podcast. Yeah, that's its own think. podcast episode because my father is my hero and I love him to pieces and his story he he inspires me every single day that I wake up. Um, so I won't get into that, but I will say it's it's always interesting to me 
whenever I hear my friends talk about how they didn't think about immigration or they didn't think about X, Y, and Z, but it's like, that was part of my upbringing. <laughs> you know, right. I just always grew up with that. Um, and so it's just, it's, it, it's interesting to me. No, I, I, I agree. And I mean, even when I started getting a little bit more politically minded and kind of shifted Was I away. a part of that? <laughs> you can, you can. I, I mean, I, I think you did certainly played a part in it because I just, until I kind of got through college and we met and then moved, <laughs> I just wasn't really thinking about politics because to me, in well, my I bubble, it wasn't really that politics, important. So it's like human rights. Well, human rights, what I mean is like the, the politicization of immigration. Mm-hmm. And how one side sees it one way and one side sees it the other way. Mm -hmm. When really what I've more so learned from you and being around some of your friends is that it's not whether it's left or right. (laughs) What it should be is a human rights issue. Just like Black Lives Matter. Just like all these (laughs) COVID-19 like we've talked about. Oh my God. Thank you, honey bun. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bug. Thanks, carrot cake. Thanks, bug. Yeah. I'm like, you're welcome. But it's, it's, it should not be a party line decision or opinion. In my opinion, it should be what is best for these humans (laughs) that live here and are coming here because they're trying to, better their lives because they're coming from somewhere that is it's really not serving their livelihood well at all Mm -hmm. they're just trying to do better for their families Mm -hmm. and they're coming somewhere that is not necessarily very welcoming and it's it's definitely hard to see oh my god i love this for you well (laughs) and this awakening well this awakening (laughs) it's like well I, i i i for sure i'm not taking credit for it obviously but it's like it's. I think it's more exposure, you know? 100%. And I think that's... What'd you say? 100% has to do with exposure. And I think that the reason why we're not seeing a lot of change is because a lot of people aren't being exposed to what's actually happening. And I think if they are exposed, then it's like, oh my God, like, we're doing that, right? It's like, this mm-hmm. is messed up. And I think exposure is the first, the first step... Not the only step, but the first step in actually getting change occurred. Yeah, I completely agree. Thank you. I would be upset if you didn't. <laughs> All right. <Imagine. laughs> uh, our next hot take is thoughts on documentaries. Random, but thank you to a fellow listener. What are our thoughts on documentaries? Hmm. Um, I mean, if I'm in like a documentary mood... I love a documentary. If it's a vibe, it's a vibe. If it's right? a vibe, if I want to learn something or I want to have my eyes open to something, there's always probably a document, a documentary on something so specific. You're down <laughs> for the get down. Here's my thing. Okay. I love a documentary. I love like real facts and I love, well, I guess that's not true, right? Documentaries need you to sway one type of way. Okay. I love, I but I do love like actual information. Here's what I don't love, and I'm gonna be honest. I am not down for the docu series trend that has plagued Netflix specifically. I'm looking at you, Netflix, that's plagued you. 
Like they're talking about like the you know the serial killer. I'm down for a. I'll sit down for a two hour documentary. I'm down. You got me hooked. I'm not down for six episodes. Each episode is an hour long. No, 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 no. Like I'm not doing that. I'm not sitting down for a docu series. I want a documentary. Wrap it up in two hours. We're Gucci. That's all I need. <laughs> right? What do you think? No, I agree. I, I don't even know if I've really watched a docuseries. Cause it's we just, haven't. It doesn't sound appealing we, to watch We watched one episode, <laughs> and I was like, I don't need to know like the childhood of this of the second officer that arrested the man that killed. I was like, it's like, I don't care. <laughs> and I learned that when I watched Making a Murderer. I didn't even finish it. I finished half of the first episode, and I was like, nope. Boring. <laughs> you lost me. Yeah, I think I tried to watch. I, it was the first one that kind of like blew everyone's minds or whatever about that one serial. Ki- I think it was in Wisconsin. I don't remember. No, it was. It was that one. Murder. murder. I, yeah, I was just like I called I can't, it out first. I can't get into this. Yeah, I don't no want to. I don't want to go up and down a roller coaster to watch something that's nonfiction. <laughs> I need a two. I will sit down though for a two hour documentary. Yeah. If you condense it, <laughs> condense it, wrap it up. <laughs> like you have my attention for two hours on this story. And I'm so upset because the night stalker is a, is a docu series. And I was like, mm, I'm like so obsessed with that story. Cause it's like, he just comes in and kills you in California. <laughs> But I'm like, how dare you make this a docuseries? Because you know that I'm going to want to get the nitty gritty of that story. How dare you? The audacity of HBO Max. I think it's HBO Max. The audacity. (laughs) The audacity. (laughs) Anyway, to sum it up, love me a documentary. Um, Yeah, not a docuseries, though. Love a documentary, not a docuseries. We're not into that. Um, All right. So to close our show... Or episode, whatever. It's a show. Show. It's a show. <laughs> I'm a show person. Um, we're going to get into some multimedia uh, recommendations. So I told Ben, I was like, you need to have a multimedia recommendation because that's part of the show. And he's like, I don't know one. I'm like, you got 30 minutes to think about it. So here is our recommendations uh, multimedia. All right, so my media recommendation comes from what we were just talking about documentaries. I think everybody needs to listen to, or listen to, watch um, Free Britney. It's a documentary, or I don't know if it's a docu-series. I think it's a documentary. Watch Free Britney on Hulu because, oh my God, like, you, like, Imagine, re- remind, if you're listening, remind yourself to early to the late 2000s, early 2000s, where we all were obsessed with Britney being crazy. Britney's like, oh my God, she's like, has this. But it's like, what made her become that? It was us being extra and us wanting more of her, you know? And it's like, oh my God. So here we look at her now in 2021. We're like, oh, she's crazy. Well, it's like, what made her crazy? It was us. Like we made her crazy. Yeah, you know. I, mean, I I can't imagine being. I mean, even 
like young celebrities today. I mean, they have social media and all this stuff, but back then it was the paparazzi. <laughs> That's what was really kind of getting these kids to go kind of crazy. And, <laughs> and she it's not was even just Britney <laughs> when she got famous. What was how old was she? Like sixteen, like mm-hmm. seventeen, like so young. And it's like. We look back and we're like, oh, I miss old Britney. Well, it's like, well, what caused old Britney to be new Britney, which is the paparazzi harassing her? And just, oh, my God, like, it just opens your eyes to Hollywood and to how we created, we put Britney, we we basically, like, curated Britney's trajectory to now where she's, like, not mentally, like, safe and dealing with so much stuff and it's yeah so please go see framing watch framing britney spears it's very important we should all watch it yeah all right so this is my first guest of course so i want to ask them what is your media recommendation my media recommendation is a podcast and it's one that i I haven't listened it's called to Spin the Script. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna plug this podcast. <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm like, what don't plug another podcast. I'm like, yeah. That's the Scorpio in me getting defensive. Listen I'm like to this one after. <laughs> yeah, it's like, excuse you. You should be plugging my podcast. Anyway. So listen to Spin the Script and then once you finish this episode. Yeah. Go look up this podcast will kill you. And it sounds very aggressive. <laughs> is it about murder? It's not about murder. It oh. does sound like it, though. Um, it's two PhD. Um, they were students when they started. I think they've graduated now. Aaron Walsh Hopefully. and Aaron Almond Updike. Yeah. And what they talk about are infectious diseases. So I figured I would, I would kind of throw them a bone on our COVID nineteen spin episode. Um, Love that for them. <laughs> but they talk about the. They, they just talk about uh, literally everything. I, I've see, I've heard episodes on measles and mumps when that was kind of flaring up. They talked about COVID-19. They well, just care about diseases. <laughs> well, that's what their PhDs are in. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, but if, I think it's, it's a great podcast for people who are maybe interested in that kind of infectious disease stuff and the science that goes into making a vaccine. They have episodes on that. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Just really interesting topics. I, I think I even saw one on Poison Ivy, how that works. <laughs> like from Batman? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is how he, he, he's like, oh, like, who did I marry? Because <laughs> I, I, I know nothing about science. But um, what I do love about each and every episode is they make a quarantini. So each each episode, they make a new cocktail that kind of goes with the, the subject of the the podcast episode it's, it's oh my cute. god are you like giving me tips to, like <laughs> you're like you should do this <laughs> rude first of all yeah it's like you're giving me recommendations it's a little That's feedback rude. for the end of the episode <laughs> yeah why is he still giving me feedback i don't know <laughs> anywho thank you guys for listening to the latest episode of spin the script i have honestly had a blast recording with my my hubby my bug my little honey bun um <laughs> thank you so much for listening uh ben any last words uh thank you for having me on this podcast it was a lot of fun talking about covid19 and spinning the script on it 
I yeah. think it's really important for everybody to kind of make your own opinion, but an educated one, please. <laughs> He's like, I'm smarter than you. Uh, anywho, <laughs> love that about him. I love a confident husband. Uh, thank you, guys. Be sure to like, share, subscribe. Uh, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. Continue, like, please continue to send me your hot takes. I very much appreciate them. They're so much fun to talk about. Um, and I will see you next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.